tonight on the Carl Jackson Podcast, my guest, Don Robinson. Don Robinson is formerly of In Vogue, Lucy Pearl, and uh, she's a great singer, a great musician, actress, model, you name it, she does it. Uh, let's get right into the interview. Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. I am excited and delighted that you guys are listening and watching on CJC Television Network and listening on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and everywhere else you get your podcast. I have a great guest here with me this afternoon. I can't even tell you how excited I am about having her here. Uh, I've been a longtime fan ever since I was a teenager, and I'm still a fan. And she's a platinum artist, multi-platinum artist. Let's get it right. That's Ms. right. Dawn Robinson. Oh, thank you so much, Carl. Thank you. How are you doing? Old though, you said teenager. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So here, here's the thing. I have yeah. a, I have a quick story. So I used to get my hair done, uh, cut by this uh, barber when I li I live in San Diego now, but okay. when I was living in Dallas, I had this barber, and the first time I heard about In Vogue, um, he would cut my hair, and he was like, I gotta tell you about this group. This four girl, they're four girls. He said, and they are so sexy and so hot. So I was like, okay. And he lived, I mean, I can tell you right now, if he knew that I was on, on Zoom with you, he would like literally flip. He was such a diehard, obsessed fan of In Vogue. Wow. His room, his, um, I mean, concerts, anything that I, I'm sure he probably has. Yeah. All Things you can't find that are like old programs or posters. Exactly. <laughs> Man, he's that kind of fan. Oh, he's obsessed. So yeah. because of him, I was able to connect to Envo, big fan. Wow. So this is an honor. I can't even put in words how much I'm oh, excited to have you here. Wow, thank you so much. And it's an honor, you know, a, a lot of times people think just because we're celebrities, we take it for granted or it's not special for us to have people want to talk to us, but it's, it means a lot that people are interested in hearing what we have to say. I can, I should say me, I can only speak for me. Um, it's been years and you think that a lot of the questions that are asked that people would already know or that I've already talked about over the years, but a lot of the new generation doesn't know who In Vogue is. So I'm educating them as well as talking to people that don't know what happened or, or um, are just curious about what I'm doing now or where I'm going and what I'm doing. So. It's, it's wonderful to still have fans that love what we did. Our music touched the world, and I'm so grateful for that. Grateful to even, you want to spend time with me and take the time out of your day to talk? Like, come on, I, I don't take that for granted. So I appreciate you in the same way. Oh, man, you, you made my day. <laughs> so I, I'm going to start a little bit different than most interviews. I'm going to start with a question that I hope is not too, uh, too raw. But I'm gonna start a little raw because I have personal things that I wanna ask you, okay? So uh, I've been following your career, not just within Vogue or Lucy Pearl, but as uh -huh. a solo artist. And one of the things that I've noticed as a, as a theme is not only are you extremely talented and you're dealing okay. with the talent side, but you also are focused on the business. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, those two, 
out of all the celebrities that I can think of that are female and African-American, it seems like you took it really seriously. So yeah. my, question, my question to you is, as I studied your, your I guess, life career, career line, um, sure. what lesson have you learned trying to merge the two as an African-American woman? Wow, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. I'm the real deal. <laughs> okay, you went, but okay, wow. <laughs> okay, what lessons have I learned with the business over the years, just business and, and the music and yes. blending the... Oh my gosh, where do I begin? The business has changed so much in these years. Like I've, I was telling someone recently that um, when we first started, there was no internet. So there was no reference of um, trying to figure out things in our contract, asking questions of people. You know, your family doesn't know, first of all, about the business. So they can't explain to you, like, you know, if you have a nine to five, your mom can pretty much help you with your resume. Your dad can help you tell you what to expect in an interview or um, even how to file your taxes as a normal everyday person is easier than filing your taxes as a celebrity. Because there's certain things that we have to claim that other people don't and certain things that we should look out for that other the normal people don't. So I, I really didn't have anyone in my family to reference or ask questions or get answers to my questions. Going over a contract in the first place from the very beginning was already a problem. My mom had never seen a contract like mine. My dad, you know, my family, nobody had, nobody understood exactly what I was getting into. So they couldn't help me with anything. Um, getting an accountant for the first time. My mother never had an accountant. My dad never had, you know, so no family members, aunts, uncles, nobody could explain that. You have to get an accountant. Nobody ever had a business of their own to be able to do. So from the beginning, it was learn as you go along and learn quickly because things are taking off fast. The audition itself, let's just go back to that. I'd never gone to an audition, audition before, ever. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous. I didn't want to sing. And it ended up that my actual audition was on the album, uh, Born to Sing. So that's the song called Waiting on You. Um, and that is my actual audition. Nothing was changed. Nothing. I, I didn't add anything. Um, so I don't know. Let me see. So let me answer your question. Um, the things that I've learned over the years is that the business, now we have much more of an access to the fans directly. So we right. don't have to for a label, a major label to tell us that we can be out there and be successful or we're going to choose this single for you as opposed to that one. Uh, there's no go between. It's just you directly to the fans, which I love. I'm grateful for. Um, having a computer is just a whole new world of its own. So I have to, oh Lord. What did I just do? Where are you? I'm here. <laughs> you, you're good. <laughs> I changed it. I changed it. Oh, no. Oh, you, you took it off a of video. How did I do that? Okay. I think there. you're back. I think you're back. There you are. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, when I first started, there was a, a book called This Music, This Business of Music, and it's like, you have to be, to me, you have to be an attorney just to read it. It's, it's so overwhelmingly deep. And the terms that are used are not everyday terms that we understand as laymen. So you kind of have to go to school to become an attorney to learn this book. It's, it was hard. And my mom gave it to me when I was 16 years old, way before in Vogue. That was the only book that I had to reference when I got into the group. Wow. 
Yeah, and now it's like a plethora of information. You can pull up mechanical royalties and learn about that. You can, you can, I can go through my whole first contract within Vogue that I got in 89, um, because that's when we came together. Um, and I can go through all that, that whole contract and understand it much better today than I could back then, because it was nothing to reference. So I remember redlining, what they call redlining my contract and underlining the things that I had questions about, things that I didn't understand. And when we went to our attorney, I was asking those questions and he was answering them, but it was, life is like trial and error. You know, you have to, um, if you're becoming a mechanic, you have to work on that one system in the car, like the, the radiator and the water pump and all right. that stuff, so work on that to see if you get it right and you turn the car over and, and if it doesn't work, you, you troubleshoot till you figure out what it is that you did wrong and then you get it right, finally, if you get it, if you get it right. Whereas when you sign a contract, you're in it. That's it. You're learning as you go along, absolutely. So yeah. you, if you don't understand, and, and I'm writing about this in my autobiography right now, there were a lot of things that none of us understood. We were all kind of confused when we left the meeting with our first attorney before we signed our contract, but it was pretty much like, you either sign this contract with the other girls or they're gonna get somebody else to replace you because nobody knows you yet. Right. They don't know what Robinson is, so they'll find another girl who can fit your spot. The fans won't know that you were never there. They won't, they won't know what they're missing. So um, I pretty much signed it, still confused about the contract and not really knowing what to do. So if I had the internet now, I would have gone through that contract tooth and nail I would have you know, underlined everything and asked all the questions and then got home and still continue to research more on my own um, right. because yeah it's just it's it was what uh, 36 pages or 26 pages is pretty long and again you're signing with a major label and at that time contracts were seven years or seven albums whichever came first so you're stuck for a while if it doesn't go well yeah if you're not happy that's just it you're kind of in it and you got to find loopholes to get out and being in a group you got to figure that one person may understand what's going on or want to leave and the other three may not or two may want to leave and the other one the other two don't so you're kind of stuck in that situation but um yeah the business has changed considerably but what we have today what i tell all young artists the information the information highway is out there um, there's so much out there that, uh, that people can reference, you know, they, back in the day we had encyclopedias too. So, and it wasn't very much in there. We had that whole Britannica, <laughs> my mom right. had at the house. And I remember looking at it like, okay, there's just one or two questions that were answered and not really thoroughly either. Right. So let me ask you this. Um, how did that affect you ultimately leaving and then coming and then leaving and then coming back to Invoke. How did that affect you? Did, was it because of the business? It was because of the, yeah. Okay. It was, well, okay, there was a few things that happened with that. Um, and again, it's always shocking when people don't know because I've said it so much, I feel like a broken record, but I love that people, if they did know they're hearing it again for the first time in a different way, or they're hearing it, I'm just, I should say, they're hearing it for the first time Ever, or they're hearing it in a different way that they may have missed before details that I didn't put in so it's good um, that the questions asked again so it was there were variable things that were happening we are in our contract we had we were making two pennies per record Ooh. exactly so I want to find something 
here's a, a little elephant. <laughs> if I make this elephant and create it and then I sell it, right? And, and the other people help me make it, and, but I'm the one who came up with it and I'm the one who did most of the work. And I sell this elephant for $10. Out of that $10, I get two bucks. So can you imagine? I mean, this is just a little elephant, but anything that to get that two cents, two, really, I said $2 for the elephant. I'm saying two pennies for that elephant. Right. And I did all the carving and everything that it took to make that right. elephant. And I only get two pennies. Uh, Cindy got two pennies. Terry got two pennies. Maxine got two pennies. So that was one of the biggest problems that I saw from the beginning. Um, one of the things that I'm saying in my book as well is the example that I give of the Beatles. The Beatles were four guys, four members in a group, just like we were four members in a group, four women. They were four guys. We were they were together for eight years. We were together for eight years. In the eight years that the Beatles were together, they did 21 albums or 22 albums. In the eight years we were together, we did three. Right. They had a record label. We didn't have a record label. All the things that I had brought up to the girls, like we should start our own label. We should start our own production company. We should start a girl group with little girls that are in our likeness. You know, this is in vogue and we're the first to come out in 1990. And, and as big as we are, we need to create another girl group so we can have our own likeness. And everybody was like, well, that's too much work. Cindy, Terry, Maxine, too much work. I'm like, okay, how's it too much work? Like we need to be doing stuff in our career not just being singers and artists and making other people money, but we have to figure out other streams of income for ourselves. And none of them wanted to listen to that. So we never did it. Um, but yeah, so. Was that, was that part of it? Was that a huge thing for you? Because that's what I meant when I said the early part of the, of the conversation, how it, I followed you. And it seemed like you took the business just as seriously as your talent. As the talent. Yeah, it wasn't so big in the beginning because I thought, okay, well, if they don't want to do it, I'll do it. I'll create my own girl group one day and I'll create my own uh, clothing line one day. Um, I'll do other things uh, to create other streams of income. Right. Look at JLo, you look at Mark Anthony, you look at Je uh, Jessica Alba and Jessica Simpson. I give those two examples the most because they're two women that had cute, well, they had careers. I wouldn't say they were huge. Jessica Simpson, I think, had one album, maybe two. Um, but when she did the, the reality show with her ex-husband, um, it was called Newlyweds, one of the first reality shows to come out. Yep. And she may have acted dumb on that show, but she was really cashing in. She was very yes, smart. Yes, she was. Yes, like, she was. She was intelligent, was, highly intelligent. Her father was a marketing guru, just like uh, Beyonce's father was. And he created first a shoe line and an accessory line for her and then he created a a wig line and the hair pieces and all that stuff and now she's got towels and sheets in the home you're supposed to take your career and use your likeness to create other streams of income say that again for the dummies in the back that can't hear you <laughs> there are no dummies we're just unaware that's all i say and um well i could say the girls in my group were dummies because they didn't want to hear it they didn't want to listen to me to me and Vogue should have had, oh my God, we should have had dolls. Yes. Someone told us that one time that black girls, black artists don't have dolls. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And I couldn't fight it because I was only one member. So and we should have had, I remember being on, um, being on the Arsenio Hall show. And at the time, our uh, fans could only write letters. You know, there was a fan mail club, fan club, and they could only write letters. There was no social media. Can you believe that? There was no internet. And right. 
they're asking, what color lipstick does Maxine have on? You guys have on those burgundy outfits. What color lipstick is that? And Max was like, this is MAC, uh, Varushka, MAC by MAC. It's like, so MAC was getting that sale as opposed to us having our own lipstick line or going to MAC and saying, hey, uh, why don't you guys create a diva line for in Vogue? Now, who came out with a diva line with MAC? RuPaul. RuPaul came out with it. And then Elton John had one and Lady Gaga had a, a diva line, a lipstick by MAC where we should have had the same thing. And I'm just like, we always miss the boat because it's always after the fact. And, right. and so in the case with Jessica Simpson, getting back to her, she sold her company for $1.2 billion with a B. Billion dollars. And she's still the spokesperson over her company because everything they sell still has her name on it. Jessica Alba ended up selling her company for $1 billion with a B as well. I'm just like, so where did we go wrong as black artists, as black females who should have had the whole diva? Everybody is still using, we came out with Funky Divas in 1992 and everybody is still using that name diva to this day. I'm a, I'm a diva, I'm a, I'm a diva, that's Beyonce. Um, like I said, you know, the diva line with Mac. VH1 divas on, uh, VH1 used to come on all the time. So. Why didn't we capitalize on that same thing? I couldn't, it was hard for us to be able to get other people, three other, like you, they say, you can lead a horse to water. I had three horses. And not to say that I knew everything and I was so smart, but I saw things that I was mentioning and saying, hey, shouldn't we? And they're like, nope. Hey, shouldn't we? Nope. Hey, you got, nope. And after a while, I just stopped saying it because I knew it's like, nobody's gonna hear me. So you guys are okay after eight years of being in the group at that time i was like hey we're only making two pennies a record still there's a problem here um and nobody wanted to hear it so i ended up like okay <sighs> terry's sleeping with our producer i'm gonna say it straight up i'm putting it in my book but terry's with our producer over here um the other three don't the other two don't want to listen because we have so much division within the group that there's no unity when wow. there's no things start to fall apart that's divide and conquer and whenever you have that, there's so much division that nobody's listening to each other. So it starts to fall apart. And it was fine that she was with our producer. We didn't care about that part. What I cared about is the business. Right. You can love your man and still take care of business because this is, the four of us is what matters. Him, our producer and his uh, partner, our, our Denny and Tommy, Denzel Foster, Thomas McGower, they cared about each other. They made sure that the business was right for them. And they looked out for each other. Exactly. The four of us were supposed to do the same thing, and we didn't exactly. do that. Exactly. So let me ask you this. How did you, how did you uh, pivot from Invoke to solo, and then why did you decide to not do any more records after 2002, the first the record that I had? So you say that, so 2002, I didn't leave the group until 97. Yeah, but I'm so saying I, your, your solo album. Oh, my solo album. One more time. I'm sorry. What was your... Say it again. My question was, uh, you did a solo album in 2002. Yes. I was wondering why did you not do another solo album after 2002? Was it because back to the business or was it, or was it something else? Well, the business is always the business. I mean, it's always people, it's always a lot of greed. I'm a woman, so it's like everybody thinks I'm a damsel in distress. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just be pretty and sing songs. Um, but before that, uh, I did Lucy Pearl, and that was 2099. That was supposed to be a one-off from the beginning. Um, oh, so Lucy Pearl was never supposed to be more than one. No, so no. I, read, 
I read somewhere that uh, Raphael Sadiq did not want to pay you what you were worth, and that's yes. why you left. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah, but it was also that was a one-off. So okay. I'm not going to around if I'm if I'm seeing that it's not working. The album worked. The album was amazing. Album was bad. <laughs> I, I still listen to that record. No, I'm serious. Every, I, that album was off the chain. Hey, I played the album, the actual album. I got my parents got a uh, a friend of ours bought my parents a turntable, so they have the actual wax they put on. And I was like, Wow! Oh, God. oh Jesus, this album is so great! And I was just screaming in the house, and my mom was too because it's such an that amazing project. Oh You're talking. God. Sometimes God comes into a situation, and you can feel him. Yes. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. Um. So, and what happened with that? I know you're asking me about my solo self, but I asked. No, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about Lucy Pearl. I did. Yeah, Lucy Pearl was before my solo album. So I'm, right. I'm going executive order. But uh, um, Lucy Pearl, again, was supposed to be a one-off. But I thought, you guys, first of all, I'm in the trenches. Raphael promised me certain things before the album took off or before we even started recording. And he said, I don't have a lot of money to give you a friend as far as an advance, but we've known each other since we were 16. You're my girl. You're like my sister. Um, we were 16 years old and he was playing in my band. So when we would play, he would sit down, he would sit down to play his bass sitting on a chair. Wow. <laughs> Turn my back to the audience because I was nervous and we were just kids. And um, so I felt like when I got the contract, I could trust him. And it was like, uh, I trusted the wrong person. Wow. Business, what I kept, you know, business is business. It doesn't matter. Even if it's your sister or your brother that you're in business with, your, your parents, you still have to take care of the business. You have to do that. It, yeah. There's no offense in taking care of yourself first and making sure that it's right for you first. And too many times we trust and we just don't, you know what I mean? So it fell apart in the end and the album ended up, it was a one-off, it was a year, and once the year was over, I was like, I'm stepping, I'm gonna leave, because you're not taking care of me. And he regrets it now, but it's, you know, we've tried to go back and do it again, and all the pieces don't fit, because we had two other producers that were working on it. I had producers that I was working with before Lucy Pearl. Uh, they call themselves Jake and the Fat Man, Bobby and Glenn, and Bobby kind of got off into drugs. He went another direction. Glenn ended up getting married. He's got kids. He has a cannabis company. So everybody's busy doing other things and it just doesn't work. Um, Ali has done a couple of projects with other people. So um, at one point we were talking about getting Q-Tip and putting him in the group and making it a rap singers and rappers because Ali Ooh. doesn't rap. But that would have been, so been so freaking <laughs> dope. Oh my I, God. I know. I know, I know, because Q-Tip Tip got that voice, you know? You got the voice, Doc. Tip got that voice, um, so. But that's not gonna happen, I'm assuming. It's not gonna happen, no. Um, there's some things that, because I lost my house during that time. I trusted Raphael, and like he said, I don't have money to give you up front, but whatever you need, I got your back. I can get it, I can figure it out. And when I went to him, we were supposed to release the album in June that year of 99, and, uh, and then maybe it was 2000. Cause it was, we started in 99. I think we released the album in 2000. However, it worked out. We still had, it was a one year situation. And when it came to releasing the album, we didn't release. So we were supposed to release it in June. We didn't release it until November. Here we are in November. It was still not released. And I kept going to him. The bank is calling me about my house. I'm going to lose my house. You said that you'd have my back. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Every man for himself. 
Dude! Whoa! First of all, I am not a man. <laughs> I'm looking at myself. I don't see a man here. And you told me as a friend, as my brother, that you'd have my back. And I'm, I'm not coming to you because I need a pair of shoes or a new purse or a, a shopping spree. I need, my house is in jeopardy here. And um, he said, well, call uh, Pilar at Overbrook, which is Will Smith's company that was doing the Love and Basketball soundtrack and let her know you want to do the song by yourself. I said, that's not good business. Like, I can't do that. It's not going to be good. And he said, well, I don't know what to tell you. So I called her and I said, Pilar? I know this is gonna sound weird. I'm sorry if it sounds unprofessional, but this is what the deal is and I'm gonna do the song by myself. And she's like, huh? I don't understand. And I said, well, if there's some stuff going on and the album's not out yet. And she said, so let me, let me, so what you're saying is you're gonna do the soundtrack by yourself. And I was like, okay, Pilar, just forget that I called you. Cause it was too confusing for her right. and it was bad business. It was really bad business. And I just cut the conversation and I said, don't worry about it. You know, Lucy Pearl, we're going to do the soundtrack together. And I ended up losing my house at that time. So there's a lot of water under the bridge that fans don't understand. It's kind of hard to talk about because there's so many details and you guys don't need to know. I mean, fans don't need to know that stuff, but I'll put it in my book. So it'll all be in one place. But um, it's really difficult to even talk to someone after you, I didn't lose a wallet. I didn't lose my cell phone. I didn't lose some money. I lost the house, which meant my equity. I lost my equity. I lost uh, credit. My credit was still affected to this day. When we packed to go overseas for the first time and the album was released finally, I was packing my house. To, you know, to literally, I lost my house, literally, I, to the bank. Oh, so God. it's very emotional. And it's hard to say, oh, you know, get over it or whatever. It's really difficult to do that. Um, I, I have a question for you, and, I, and I, this is kind of getting off the beaten path a bit, but yeah. I, I have this conversation in my, in my office all the time with my staff mm -hmm. about how I feel that there are certain people that are upset that Jaguar Wright is going off about some of the artists, right? Yes. And I've heard stuff said about Kurt Franklin, how he did God's property and a bunch of, I hear these stories. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like there is something innately wrong with African-American people as a whole that we don't mm -hmm. understand how to build wealth amongst each other. Right. Why is that? I mean, it's like, I, I, see, I hear Jaguar talk and, and a lot of people think she's wrong and I'm not here to say whether she's wrong or right. right. But I sympathize with what she says because I feel like, I feel like until we sound the alarm, and make it known what has happened, how do we fix, then we won't ever fix the problem. And the right. problem is, as you said earlier, if you're my brother, you're supposed to look out for me. Have back, yeah. Because I'm helping you build wealth too. <laughs> exactly, and he came to my room in Amsterdam, because um, like I said, we were packing our bags to go on tour and we were going overseas first. And uh, it was a promotional tour. And when he came to my room, and by the time he got to Amsterdam, I was, you can imagine, I had lost yeah. my heart. I'm out here and I got to smile to the public and act like everything's okay. And I love Raphael and he's my brother and we're good with this. Knowing that this man did not have my back and I lost my fucking house. Are you kidding me? So I had to suck it up and not go postal on him, which anybody 
this is the thing with the mafia and i say this about men all the time with the mafia it's about a handshake it's your word if your word is not kept if you don't keep your word i got a problem with you and you're going to be looking over your shoulder to make sure that i don't take you out that's the mafia and i'm i'm not saying i was trying to take him out but dude i just lost my house with you because you didn't have my back but i'm here i'm in the trenches I don't, I didn't even have a coat because I didn't have time to actually go get a coat and I didn't realize it was going to be so cold. I knew it was going to be cold in, in the UK because it always is, even in the, in the summer. You don't have really hot, hot days. Right. So I time to go get a lightweight coat or something. But when we got over there, it was much colder than I thought. So I was like, I didn't even have time to do that, but I'm here. And he came to my room and he said, Don, he used to call me Don. I'm like, Raphael, what, is the, what do you call the sunrise? The dawn. Okay, that's my name. You know, we used to laugh at that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don, um, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm trying to make this work. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, Raphael, right now, out of all the artists, and at the time, I think it was Cash Money Millionaires, it was Busta Rhymes, uh, a lot of hip-hop artists had their own labels, and they were winning. It was working for them. But with R&B, it wasn't happening. You have one of the biggest groups, one of the biggest, we're signed to Pookie Records. That is your label. Right. I'm here, I'm in the trenches, I'm, I got your back. We've recorded this incredible body of work. I that album is so sick, it's just so incredible. And you are fucking it up, you, because your ego. Right. So um, before we went, um, let me see. So did we go overseas first? I think when we came back, we did, the Sprite Night, uh, uh, for the Billboard Awards, we did Sprite Night in what they call Sprite Night in Vegas, where I live now. But at the time, it was at the, it was at the B, what do we call it? What is it called? MGM, at the MGM, they had Sprite. So you go around to all the different tables and you do radio. So you may talk to Belgium over there at one table, you may talk to Chicago over there and another, you may talk to New York or Wisconsin, you may talk to Africa, South, all these different tables you go around to, to do their interviews for radio. And we were sitting up against the wall waiting for our next interview and a guy named um, Lee Bailey comes walking over and Lee has been in the business for years, he does syndicated radio. This is someone who has helped people's careers, he's broken artists in business just playing their, their stuff on radio just because he loved it and the record company may not have the money to back it up. So Lee Bailey has been around forever and he's very, he's not rude at all. He's extremely like, he, he, he moseys over and he has on his hat, he's got on his glasses and he's got a little dictaphone. So he takes it out of his pocket and he turns on his, his, um, his uh, tape recorder and he walks, he steps in between, to my left was Raphael and to my right was Ali and I was in the middle. And Lee Bailey comes over and he tries to step between me and Raphael. And Raphael was like, excuse me, don't you see I'm fucking standing here? Whoa. I was like, oh my God. I looked at Ali and I said, Whoa. we are done. We are so done. And, and Mr. Bailey was like, well, everybody wants to talk to Dawn. Everybody wants to step next, stand next to her. And I was like, thank you so much, Mr. Bailey. And Raphael walked away. Um, I don't know. I think Whoa. now... Uh, looking back he did that a couple of times in london he did the same thing and the woman who was giving us when you go to london or anytime you go overseas you don't have very much time over there so they want to get as many interviews with you as possible because they know they're not going to see you next week you're not going to be able to come back next month so right. while we do interviews from 8 a.m till 11 p.m and all day long and you may get a bite of food in between while you're talking <laughs> right. because going to come back and it's, like, it's almost like it's almost like a press junket for a movie Yes, exactly. 
but you don't get any time off and they're just like the next one comes in the next one they touch up your makeup you do the next and the next so one woman was doing an interview with me and she kept asking us she kept asking me questions dawn so this and dawn do you know like that and dawn and Raphael said excuse me but we we've done stuff in our careers too like ali and i are sitting right here and she said yes but dawn has done a lot more mm. Exactly. I mean, because that's what Raphael had me in the group for. He had me in the group because you I had needed the, your face and your voice. Absolutely. Pop appeal that Ali, that the Tony, Tony, Tony group didn't have, or the hip hop group Tribe Tribe Called Quest didn't have. We each had something to bring to the table, and when we got to Germany, it was the same thing for Ali. None of the press wanted to talk to me and, and Raphael at all, and I told Raphael, see. You know, everybody wants to talk to Ali because he's done so much in the hip hop world and they take it very, very seriously in Germany. So much that Ali was like, wow, man, you guys make me want to go home and research my own group because I don't know the history like you guys know it. Wow. That's, how, that's how deep hip hop is in Germany. So it was the same thing. And I didn't get jealous of, of, of Ali. I was very proud of him. And I told Raphael that. So stop being a bitch about it. And you know what I mean? I remember bringing an interview uh, in a magazine, and I forgot the magazine, but it was about No Doubt, and Gwen Stefani was on the cover, um, and she was talking about how the guys in her group and No Doubt were jealous because they started out as a, a garage band, and here she is getting on the cover of Vogue magazine by herself and all these different colors covers that they didn't want the guys on the cover for, and she said, first of all, if I get on a cover, it brings attention to the whole group, so we're all it brings in more money it brings in more popularity so stop being bitches and let's do this shit and make this fucking excuse my friend i'm cursing a lot but oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh my gosh it's like potty mouth right now but yeah that's what her point was and i was like rafael let's do this if we lose this right now we're losing momentum that means that your label pookie records is going to lose out on a group that to me I love En Vogue, don't get me wrong, that is my group, that is my sister, those are my sisters, we started off together, it was an audition, and oh my God, we hit the world, and the world loved us, but it was someone else's dream putting us together, whereas Lucy Pearl, we created the name, Lucy Pearl ourselves, we created the look ourselves, and our music was our own, nobody told us what to do. It and was so a perfect gumbo, it was a perfect gumbo. Beautiful, just... I think about it today and I just want to cry. It just makes me sick because two beautiful groups came to an end because nobody wanted to do the business. You know, you said the business part. You know? I said that when I first started the interview, I said, you are yeah. the one that I studied and I can yeah. tell you the one that took both of them seriously. I studied you. One reason why I studied you is because I had a huge, huge crush on you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You were my favorite one out of Invoke. Well, Cindy, Cindy was number two for me. Yes. You were number one. And the other two, I didn't even I they didn't even <laughs> I just No, I'm serious. I'm being <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm mean for laughing, but I appreciate you. That's that was that I probably shouldn't have said that that way. But it's That's true. I mean, we each had fans, so I just laughed because of the way you said it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you were my first. Cindy was my second, because I like Cindy, and then the other two. But the thing that I was going to ask you was, um, you had, you met, you, your voice created, from my studies, 
the yeah. biggest single for In Vogue. It was, yeah. Thank Your you. Your voice on that song was the biggest single. I hear that song even to this day. If I, if I, I'm at a, I could be at a casino, exactly. I could be at an airport. Right. I could be, you know, down there at church. <laughs> <laughs> that song playing. That oh. song was freaking huge. So let me ask you something. Yes. With that song being so huge, didn't that give you a little like okay girls can y'all listen to me a little bit like you would think so you would think so i mean there was no way sometimes um i just find in life everybody has to find their own way when they find it and unfortunately some things are over before people figure it out so what it gave them was more jealousy because at that time i was told by someone at the studio i'm not going to bust him out right now but um when we were recording that song someone at the studio said dawn and i had already recorded uh the lead in uh for the verses and actually what's it go so most of the chorus most of the chorus um hold me tight and don't like so when you get to don't like go that's when the other girls come in so i sang everything up until that point even oh, wow. yes exactly oh wow so, he said, Dawn, let me talk to you outside. Now, the other girls weren't there yet. I was there early because I had to finish my lead. And I was like, no, let's just finish right now because the girls are going to be here in a couple of hours. And I'm, I want to just finish adding some stuff in and ad-libs and finish uh, the second verse. And he said, no, you need to come outside with me to the parking lot and talk right now. And I was like, okay, why are you so serious? Like, what happened? And he said, okay, I just want to let you know. Um, if it comes back, you didn't hear from me. And I was like, what? He said, uh, the girls are trying to get you out of the group. Sylvia doesn't want you in the group. Yep, she doesn't want you in the group um, because I had, Sylvia came to me and he, Terry had done a, a solo album before me. And Sylvia came to me for the same thing. And it was more of a divide and conquer. She really didn't take it serious, but she released Terry's solo album, uh, Southern, Southern Gal. She released it, she released a single, she had a video. Um, we even supported me, Terry and Cindy, me, me uh, Maxine and, and Cindy, supported Terry. We went to the Pantages in LA and saw her show. We were there to support her album. Right. Sylvia Rohn comes back to me and says, well, Dawn, we're going to stop recording your album. We're going to start on the En Vogue project. Whoa, no, we're not. Whoa. No, not. You put out Terry's solo album. You're going to do mine, too. You picked the wrong bitch. You fucked with the wrong one, and I'm not, gonna ha I'm not having it. Okay, so if you want me to do that, that's fine. I'll go ahead and record in Vogue's, uh, the En Vogue album, but you're gonna release my solo, uh, my solo rights. And because I asked her to release my solo rights, she was pissed off because I slighted her. I outsmarted her. Right. Not that having Terry in the studio was gonna be like this little, um, it's, it's gonna divide and conquer the group. So in other words, Cindy and Maxine had to sit on the sidelines while me and Terry recorded. And that was gonna buy her enough time to come back in and say, okay, now we're gonna do an En Vogue album. Would it be, wouldn't have been the third album. And I was like, right. no, no. You put out Terry's album, you're gonna take mine seriously the same way. And she didn't do that. So she had to let me go. And in the process, she was pissed off. So she wants me out of the group at this point. And that, when he told me that, it, hit, it blindsided me because here I am and I'm already recording the En Vogue album. Right. I'm, I'm at the studio every single day, not just for that song, Don't Let Go, but for all, the whole album. Um, uh, 
Right Direction, I think it was, um, Too Gone Too Long. I had recorded the whole album with them. And now you're telling me that I'm out of the group, like, wait a minute. And so she, it's a long story. I don't want to get too long winded, but she, I, I slide I love when you talk, so. Thank you so much. But she wanted to, to, she wanted to teach me a lesson. And so I was like, okay, well, if you want me out of the group, then, um, I, I got to record the Envogue album because I, my rights were still within the Envogue uh, contract. And I had to do that. It was fine. I was enjoying the songs that we were, we were uh, recording. But when he told me that they wanted me out of the group, I was like, uh, stunned. And <laughs> to think, because I'm here and I'm doing what was supposed to be done. It's not like I said to Sylvia, okay, you got to let me out of the group and I'm going to start recording my solo album over here. And at the time I had a deal on the table with Dr. Dre. Um, but Aftermath was too new of a label, so I decided to sign with uh, Interscope. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, but it wasn't like I wasn't giving the time allotted to invoke. I was there every day on time at the studio. The girls were none the wiser as to what I was doing because it didn't affect them. Right. Right. I was doing. I was doing my job. I was recording with them, and I was doing, and they were none the wiser. So, to me, Sylvia was just pissed off. And when he told me that, I was like, wow. So when the girls came to the studio later that day, I had to act like I didn't know anything. <gasps> hey, Cindy, Terry Max, hey, how's it going? Good to see you guys. Um, oh, and so he says, okay, so we're gonna take Dawn's, uh, we're gonna take Dawn's first verse and split it two ways and let Cindy sing the second half of the first verse. And I was like, cool, because we always do that anyway. Right. Free your mind, uh, free your mind uh, on the first verse, we all sing one, each section of the first verse, second verse, same way. So I was like, okay, let's put it um, between me and Cindy. And then the second verse, Maxine and Terry were going to take that verse. So I was like, cool. Um, they all tried it. And, and he said to me before they got there, he said, Dawn, watch what happens. They're not going to be able to sing your parts. They're not going to be able to sing it like you. So just let it go. Don't be upset. Just let it happen. Let it, and so they came in. Hey, okay. So he explained everything to them. We're going to do this with the first verse. So Cindy, go in and try, and you know, the lyrics are in there, so just go ahead. And she's like, I can't sing like Dawn. He said, just try it. So she tried to sing, and she's like, I, I don't have that kind of soul. So he's like, okay, I'll put Dawn back on the first verse by herself, and maybe Maxine and Terry can split the second verse. They tried it. It didn't work. This, this is I, all unfolding in the studio. All unfolding right there. When I see stuff like this, Carl, I always know that it's God, because, yep. excuse me, you can't. They tried to do something dirty and undermined it and behind my back. And I, and I, it, it would be different if I was being shady with them and I deserved it. Right. But what they was really dirty. So when I saw that, I was like, ha, ha, ha. You tried to sing my parts and you can't do that like me. God put me on that song and that was meant to be for me. And I did it in a way that even the second verse, Cindy and Terry couldn't, I'm sorry, uh, Maxine and Terry couldn't do it. Now they sing the bridge and they sing the little parts parts at the end of the song but the the, the bulk of that song is me yeah and yeah man so and that song now cut to months later uh -huh. song is huge worldwide yeah. not just america worldwide big worldwide. <laughs> what did i have to make that known because a lot of people think it was just only in america and it wasn't it was worldwide no. so um was the reaction or response from the girls a little bit more receptive after they saw how big the record got, or was it still even worse? Or was it worse, I should say? It was worse because they got me out of the group by then. All right. 
Everyone wanted me out. Remember, the guy told me at the studio, uh, watch your back. So, so when I'm, we did wondering, the video, I'm wondering, did they come back and go, maybe we made a no. mistake? No. Maxine ended up admitting to me that they put it out to the press that I was being a diva and wanted to go solo. And I was like, well, I wish the press would have listened and thought about it because I didn't go solo when I left in Vogue. I did Lucy Pearl. Right. And my solo album didn't come out until 2002. Uh, so right. I thought about it and put two and two together like, wait a minute. Dawn did not go solo first. Dawn did a solo, you know what I mean, uh, project with Lucy Pearl. So, um, it, there was just a lot of jealousy and a lot of fear. And a lot of times when people get fearful, they listen to the government or they listen to their bosses or they listen to, instead of listening to each other or mm -hmm. even in a relationship, people get fearful because they assume that what people are telling them is the truth. They get in their heads about stuff as opposed to saying, wait a minute, now we just did our biggest hit and don't say lead on that. And we need her in the group. One part of the group falling apart is not gonna, the group is not gonna be, the, what it was when we first signed, what the fans saw when we first came out. If we, if Terry's gone, it's gonna fall apart. If Maxine's gone, it'll fall apart. If Cindy's gone, you know what I mean? But Dawn's saying lead on our biggest hit. That is like stupid. You shot yourselves in the foot on their feet, <laughs> and and the you know what I mean? It just made no sense. And and to my credit, I feel like ha ha. You know, you gotta pop your collar a little bit because. You guys tried something so undermined and so uh, so backhanded or behind the scenes and tried to do oh, something that really hurt me. It was very evil, and it backfired. You know, they got themselves caught up in their own web, as you as people say. So, it made no sense because again, this was revenue. When the record company had an Invoke album, that was millions of. We sold twenty eight million records. Do you know how much money that is? That's over two hundred and and what. $250 million is something crazy. So when you it's say- like, It's like close to 290, 290 million. Exactly, yeah. It's $10 insane. a pop, 28 records. Well, yeah. it depends. Back then it was $10 a pop, but then it became uh, 12 and then $16 an That's album. True. That's true. So, so the money went up. And as, as time went on, the album continued to sell. sell. And it still sells. People still buy most. So that's a lot of money that, you know, Maxine always said to me, and I always loved her for this, but she said, the albums that we did without you could have been hugely successful if you were still in the group. I'm like, well, yeah. you listen to me. I wasn't trying to be a diva. I wasn't trying to be all that. And I'm trying to be Beyonce out of the group, or you know what I'm saying, because she had a big career without her. I wasn't trying to go solo and I just want to leave the girls or I was not that. It was always fighting for the good of the four of us. You got to you guys have had movie deals, sitcoms, clothing line, dolls, cartoons, <laughs> animation. What really what they did with the Spice Girls is what they could have done easily with Invoke. Easily. But the Spice Girls didn't even have a clothing line. No, but I'm saying as big as they were with the movies and, and all yes. that stuff, I'm saying yeah. Invoke could have did that and went way further. If anybody's proven that it's really Kim Kardashian, she has no singing or acting talent, no. but she has a brand that exactly. will shut down anybody that compete with her. All, all because she did a sex film, a sex yeah. tape boyfriend. Like, you know, it, it's really sad because we had the talent and all we had to do was listen. I didn't want to, there was never a time, I didn't want to be on my own. First of all, you see, I went to another group. I yeah, was all, all And it was, and, and the group was, it's, some would argue, almost 
just as good, if I would say better, because I'm just a Lucy Pearl fan. Me too. But me for too. me, it, I think Lucy Pearl probably would have went further than in Vogue because of the dichotomy of you got three different music genders coming together. Yes. And yeah. you know, you're the pop artist, he's hip hop, he's soul. That yep. had never been done before. Exactly. No, it hadn't. And to our credit, it was just such a brilliant album. La La, I think Every Day is my favorite song. Hollywood, uh, La La La. It was just such magic between his voice and my, Raphael's voice and my voice. Come on, man. It was no, just. No, you guys had a, it, there was something there. There was something there. I honestly can't believe. Go ahead, please. It's beautiful. No, I'm agreeing with you. It was beautiful. Thank you. That album, I listened to it. I, I, I think I listened to it so much that I used to try to study it. Because I was like, how do you make a record this good, you know? Wow. And I, could, I was trying to study the album because it wasn't just, you know, it, it's easy to say, okay, well, it's because of Raphael. Or easy to say, oh, it's because of this. But you couldn't do that on this record. On this record, no. it was like, all of it's working. Like, exactly. it's no one person that you can say was standing out because it just right. blended like you're supposed, kind of like the Beatles, you know, it's kind of like, it just blend. Yeah, and just to give you a little bit of background on it, Bobby and Glenn, the two guys I was telling you about, um, Bobby is Mexican, Glenn is white. And they, there was a show that used to come on back in the day called Jake and the Fat Man. And they called themselves Jake and the Fat Man, that was a production company, uh, company name. So I was working with them on some solo stuff and Raphael, when I started talking about doing a project, I brought them in. Cause he was like, I like what you've done with them. You know, who are these guys? And I said, well, this is them. Um, so we brought them into the project and Ra I would say more than Raphael and Ali, Jake and the fat man were the ones to, I got to give them more credit because they were the ones to take break beats. Right. So they were, uh, called the meters and the meters were all the musicians that used to come together from like stacks. Uh, they used to work on the Aretha Franklin projects, um, James Brown, you know, they used to work on everybody. So all the musicians came together and they would just play together. And they did what, they, now they call them breakbeats, but uh, the, they call themselves the meters. And it was just a bunch of musicians just playing together just for the sake of a project and, and to have fun with each other. So we would listen to those tracks on that album. And Glenn would pick one and then he'd have Raphael play the bass over it. And Raphael would play like 12 different, 12 different oh. bass. I'm sorry. He would play. There you go. The call come in. I'm sorry, that, that shocked me. Uh, twelve different bass lines, and out of those twelve bass lines, he create. They would create la la la. The next day, we come in and they'd have a track like, and we start writing to it. So that was la la la, and then dance tonight, and every day, and uh, Hollywood, and then uh, they can't handle us, and you or without you, the, right. because that's how the project was going. It was so organic. Right. It was, there was no set direction. There was no, oh, we're going to work on this type of sound. We just worked, and it worked for us, and it was amazing. That whole project, man, it was just, you can't have something like that and let it go. It's no. like a, you, when you have a relationship, most guys, <laughs> I hate to put it like this because you're going to chop me up about it, but a lot of times when you have a good woman or even a good man and you mess that up, you regret that for the rest of your life. No, I agree with that. I agree you do. With that. You do. You can't. You mess over people that you that are good people, and that project was It was brilliant. It was a one of a kind. Yeah, I regret that much more than in Vogue. I can't. 
help that. It's, it was so different. Like I said, we create. We had someone that created in Vogue, but Lucy Pro was created by us. Right, for us, by us. <laughs> <laughs> it was boo boo in a way. Yeah, exactly. We created that whole thing, and even the sound of it. Nobody was in the studio telling us what to do. That was us. I was I was working on uh, I want to say La 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 on my partial or can't, I can't stand your mother one of those songs and I was in the studio in, in one of the rooms in the studio and Raphael came in and I could hear his voice and I was trying to be quiet because I didn't want him to come in the room with me um, and he was like Don Don and I was like Raphael I'm busy and he came in the room he's knocked on the door and he came in the room and he said what you working on and I said I'm working on my parts for the song and I was nervous. I didn't want him to hear anything because I wasn't used to writing. Right. And he's like, okay, let me hear what you got. And I was like, no. We <laughs> <laughs> have the room. And he's like, no, let me hear it. Let me I'll turn around. So he turned his back to me and I sang a little bit. I was like, man, that's great. I'm going home. And I was like, no, don't leave, don't leave. And he said, no, you know what you're doing. He was so supportive. Right. And beautiful, man. That project. I know you got me on that that whole talking about losing. No, I'm no, I'm sorry. I just that that record is just uh, for me. It's just it's a masterpiece. It is. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a masterpiece. If you could make music a visual, that's that's what you put on the wall. Man, you better stop right now. Oh my God, that breaks my heart and it makes me happy at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's gonna go down in history though. I think centuries from now we'll be they'll be studying that record. That's what I think. Sometimes God, sometimes God allows things like that to happen so mm -hmm. that, because we don't know the future. Yes. We don't know how that's going to connect to something in the future. Unfortunately, we might not get to see it, but exactly. it's going to connect to something in the future. Because that's how spiritual that record is. It's a very spiritual record. It's so spiritual, isn't it? And, you know, again, we were so at odds with one another. A lot of times, and I think this is also because... Raphael was used to being the lead singer in his group. Right. Uh, Tony, 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 he was the lead singer. So here he is. He's got a girl in the group. It's like, dude, stop being a little bitch about it, though, and let this shit happen. Be proud of me. I'm your girl. I'm your friend. You know right. what I mean? Not a girl in the way, in a relationship sense, but we're brother and sister, man. We've known each other literally since we were kids. Like, come on. You can't, you can't let something so beautiful go to the wayside because of your ego. Get that right. out. And don't do it and unfortunately that's where we're at so I will go on to do other things because my solo career is it's not over you know what I mean it's like so I was gonna ask you about that so 2002 you did a solo album yes and after that record came out which is a good record by the way but you never did another album after that why 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 did you stop it was the, the music business is so weird as you can see all the, all the majors, especially, this, they start consolidating with one another. You don't know from one day to the next who's the A&R person who is. Right. So everything started falling apart. And it's like, if, you, if you've been there and you've seen the mess that they create, then why go back? Yeah, and, I hear you. Yeah, I didn't want to go back to a major because majors take major money. And then they want to tell you how to do your record. And this song should be here. Or take the keyboards out there. Or change that. It's too rock and roll. And take the guitar. No, no, no. Don't mess with my creativity, because I know creativity. I can't tell you how to be a label, but you can't tell me how to sing. Can't tell me how to do my music. So part of that is that um, I had a, well, the solo album, you're talking about um, the album on Q Records, right? Q Records. It's Q Records, yeah. 
Um, the reason that I did it with that label too is because Q Home Shopping Channel wanted was, to. I thought it was a it was QVC and um, um, Atlantic. I think did they merge together and do that record, or was it just only QVC? That was going to ask you about that. QVC that I remember, but they may have merged at some point. I think they fell apart after we. So they had me on the R and B side, and they had uh, Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block on the rock side, pop side. The day of, I was still recording my album and he, his album was already done and he had, had been out for a while, but when 9-11 hit, he called me that day. I was like, Joey, are you okay? Like, do you have family in New York? Cause he's from Boston. He's like, Dawn, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm upset about something. I just got off the phone with Q. I was like, Q Hill. And he's like, QVC, Q, Q, Q uh, Records. And, and um, he said he had a song called New York Girl. He wanted to take baby tees and put them on all the girls in the audience and do QR, uh, TRL that day, or not that day, but a few, like a week later or so when they could clear the streets enough and he was able to get back into the studio, he was gonna go to, Q, to TRL MTV and do um, his song called New York Girl and put all the women in the audience in baby tees that said, I love New York. Right. New York had just gone through the biggest catastrophe on the planet and they said no. Oh, wow. Like, oh my, I said, Joey, you gotta be kidding me. He said, no, they, they, they don't understand and they don't want to do it. I said, okay. I said, what you're telling me right now is basically my career with them is shot because if they don't understand you wanting they to do it. They don't understand me. Exactly. <laughs> right. They were having a hard time with me wanting to wear this. They were like, well, can't you wear the same outfit that, cause I went and did a, um, 106 in Park. And then they wanted me to wear the same thing the next day that I had on the day before. Are you kidding? Like you just, even exactly, before a celebrity, you just don't do that. Like I could wear the same pants maybe and get away with that, but not right. the same. Like, dude, you guys are crazy. Um, granted, my pants were Gucci and they were jeans. They were like uh, leather jeans. So they had a tail on the end of the pants and they were five grand. <laughs> but right. still, you guys are in the music business. This is what it takes, you know? You can... Right. Just buy me this stuff and take it back to the store like most stylists do, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't have to keep it, you know? Um, so that was one of the reasons that I didn't come back out. I wanted to be indie, but I didn't know how, and I didn't have enough money to record. So I would record stuff locally with people. I have a lot of music that I've recorded over the years. Um, one day, hopefully, it'll be out. But having the money to market and promote to now I have no idea about what streaming is like because my music has never streamed. Um, I think we streamed when, and Vogue just did recently, maybe seven, eight months ago, we came together to do this one charity event. And I think that streamed online, but that's the, the only thing that I know about streaming because I never had an album to do that or music or a video to do that for, for that matter. So I don't know, it's just, a lot of recording music, but never having the music, the money to put it out and not wanting to do it with the majors. Because when you do a project with the major labels, the major labels take most of your money. They mm -hmm. own your music. They own your voice for the rest of your life. And, and it also takes doing the right deal. You know what I mean? So it's finding the right situation. And I just haven't really found that yet. Until now. Until now. <laughs> There's a better situation in my life now. So now I have a Stiletto Entertainment is my label. That's my LLC and my label. Um, and I have the right team around me that is explaining to me exactly how to do this on my own. That's so, good. yeah, thank you so much. And getting um, the right songs 
that matters too. I have a lot of songs, but I think they're too dated. I'd have to update them because it's Trash. been it's been years. Yeah. So I the way boys, I heard boys to me and talk about that. They said how they they were on tour or something, and they were saying how they were signed to a major and. After like eight months on the road, they, they all these limos picking them up everywhere, hotels, five star, and then they got back and then they told them how much money they had left. They said, "Well, this would be cool." Exactly. Like, I didn't even know my manager's son <laughs> and his girlfriend. What, what are they doing in the limo? Yeah, well, they have parties and you think it's it's they're just celebrating you and it's like, wait a minute, here's the bill. Really? So wait a minute. I would not have had that party had you told me that I'm paying for it. You know what I mean? It's like in our awards. That really tripped me out. You, they hand you an award on stage and you get your American Music Award and then you get a bill for it later. <gasps> yes, MTV Awards, they bill you for those. You got to pay $250 or more for those awards. You Come on. You <laughs> as soon as you walk off stage, they take it back from you. Thank you so much. And if you want one of these, you got to put your order in. Yes. Oh, my God. You've no. got to be kidding me right now. No. Soul Train Award, MTV Award, American Music Award, whatever award it is. Grammys, Lady of Soul Awards. Yes. You got to pay for them. Hello. Oscars, I'm assuming, too. I'm a, I'm a, I didn't check on the Oscars. I, I, would think Oscars, I don't think so. It's a different world. You know what I mean? Right. Those are different most times, and so I think that that might so be. The Tonys different. and the Oscars, maybe they're maybe they do give the awards. I don't know. We gotta check. We gotta check exactly. We gotta, we gotta check. check. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yep. So that's what you meant when you said earlier. If you don't handle the business, yeah. then no one's gonna look out for you. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, too, from the very beginning, we had Invoke had. Uh, a manager that our producers have the same manager. So we were told, you know, this, hey, this is David Lombard. Nice to meet you. Give him a hug. And I remember I'm writing about that part of my book right now. What's the name uh, of your book and when is it coming out, by the way? It's called Break of Dawn. It's called Break of Dawn. So yeah. I figured everybody in hip hop has used that term on and on to the break of dawn. I might as well use the same term and call my album that. Um, but it's also meaning that it's a new start for me, the, the dawn, the new day, the, the new start that I have in my life and breaking away from the past. So break of dawn. Um, and yeah, so anyway, uh, David was their manager, De uh, Denny and Tommy, our producers. And then they were like, well, you should have David manage you guys as well. And we were like, okay. I mean, because they said, well, it's a conflict of interest. Now, we didn't know conflict of interest from a term that you use to fix a boiler. And right. if we had no clue of what that meant, and I felt like these two guys like us enough and they feel like we're family and that they would never hurt us. I mean, they wouldn't turn their backs on us. And I was wrong because they were looking out for themselves. You know what I mean? It right. wasn't like maliciously trying to hurt us because if they hurt us, they hurt themselves in the process as well. Right. But uh, it just, it didn't work out. It, it wasn't smart for us to have the same manager because at the end, when it came to, after our first album went platinum, usually when you have a platinum project, you go right in immediately, tear up that old contract and renew your contract right. for better terms. You want better terms. And we never did that. So when it came to our manager, he was like, well, I can't represent you and I can't represent Danny and Tommy either because 
is the conflict of interest and I'm in the middle. So I have to step out of the whole thing. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense, you guys. And I told Cindy and Terry and Maxine, we need to get someone that's gonna represent us, come on. And they're like, okay, well, we can get a new manager in the meantime and then rehire David. I'm like, why would you wanna rehire David when he doesn't look out for us in the first place? And every single time we renegotiate, we have to get rid of him, get somebody else and then bring someone else in. Does that make sense? Right. Again, I hate being the smartest one in the room because it just, <laughs> It's so stupid, Carl, because everybody, there's so much that we lose in the interim when that happens. And, and nobody wanted to hear me. So we lost out. And the girls ended up kicking me out like I did something wrong. I'm like, okay, y'all, you'll see for yourselves. I don't have to say anything. And sure has, enough. So has things changed in terms of now they see the light, but it's kind of too late now type thing? Is that kind of? Is it that way now, or do, or do they still not get it, some of the members? They are, it's the Rona part that I have a problem with. It's also being treated like work for hire. When Maxine and I went back to do that thing eight months ago, that charity event I just yeah, yeah, mentioned. I, I watched, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was wonderful to see Sylvia Rohn, who signed us to our first deal. It was, what I didn't like is that we didn't get paid for that. Mm. This is a charity event. But anytime there's a charity event, everybody in the charity pays themselves. They all get paid. So why can't you pay in Vogue? You didn't pay us when we were all together at, you know, at the height of our careers and you're still saying that you're not gonna pay us for even this? Right. Really? Come on, man. Everybody else is getting paid from this. Why not us? I don't understand that. And it was also that they had, um, they treated Maxine, uh, Terry and Cindy treated Maxine and I like work for hire. I wanted to have someone come in and film the whole thing for Maxine and I to have footage because she and I were working on a project together. And long story short, um, Cindy and Terry said, no, they didn't want cameras. And I understood at first because I didn't want cameras on me either when I thought about it. I hadn't been rehearsing in years. Maxine and I hadn't, you know what I mean? We're still, we got a lot to make up for. Right. You know? got a lot of uh, catching up to do. So, okay, why don't we just have the guy, my friend, come in and film the day of the show. Um, and I'm still waiting for, the, for their manager to say yes or no. Still to this day, he still he never even answered me to say if I could have somebody come in. First he said yes. And then he was like, well, the girls don't want anybody here to film. And I said, okay, well, instead of filming the three days of rehearsal, why don't I just have them come in the day of the actual show and just right. film I, nothing on Terry and, and, um, and, and Cindy or Rona, but just Maxine and I, just so we can have footage, you know, and document this whole thing for ourselves. What I didn't like is that the whole time we were there, even though they told me no, they allowed Rona to film every single day. So she was, if she wasn't filming, she was taking pictures. And after a while, Maxine looked at her and said, Rona, stop taking pictures. And Rona was like, I'm not going to put them on social media. And she said, stop taking pictures. They told Dawn that she couldn't tell, have anybody come in and take pictures. You can't either. Right. Like, what's good for us should be the same for you. You can't, right. they can't hold you to a different standard than they hold us. Right. So they were treating Maxine and I like work for hire. And like, we didn't matter. Our opinions didn't matter. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm not going to go in and be treated like I'm not important. Like, I, I can't have a decision in what's being done with the Invogue name. We helped create this. Right. For Maxine and I, Invogue wouldn't be what it is today. Yet you guys treat us like we're just some newbies that just got in the bit. Like, wait a minute, where'd that come from? I don't dig it. I'm not going to have it. So I just decided not to do it. So that's how that ended.
Looking at your platinum records, I, I'm assuming from En Vogue and Lucy hey. Pearl and everybody else. Um, take us through them. Okay, so this one is what? That is, I can't see what you see, but. Um, Atlantic, it says Atlantic. Uh, I can't read it. You can't Third read it. Q. Q. Platinum. Yeah, exactly. That is the single for Hold On. That was our Hold On single. You see that? I see it. Hold on. Wow. Yeah. And then this one is our, I don't know if you can see it good. Um, that is, that is uh, 500,000 copies of. Never going to get it? Never going to get it. Yep. Just the single. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah. So we have platinum over here. This is uh, for the hold on for the single. Hold on single. Mm-hmm. And then this one was in a fire. This was at my mother's house for a while and they had a fire. So you see all the bubbling up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is platinum for Funky Diva's album. So and you didn't have to pay for these right <laughs> you know what we actually did we actually wow. did yeah we had to pay for those that, that's just a poster oh that's beautiful wow this is um for when we did the alicia keys uh alicia keys asked us to do um the bet awards with her yeah in, in 2008 yeah we came together with her and did this she was so gracious you know she she allowed us to um she allowed us to share the stage with her i mean she had all the time in the world the, so she had us S, uh, TW, T, swv and tlc <laughs> all these <laughs> all these initials on stage and they you know just so gracious everybody was so kind to each other and I, I, it was a wonderful moment but she was she could have used all that time that she had tlc up there and us and then um SWV, she could have used that time for herself. That was, all, that was all her time. She had a new album out at the time, and she decided to split that between the three groups, you know, and what a, what a wonderful woman to do that. It was really amazing. What's your, uh, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up because I've taken up so much of your time. That's all right. <laughs> I just enjoy talking to you. I, well, yeah. Next time, if I'm ever in Vegas, maybe we can meet up and have dinner or something. That would be nice. That would be so nice. Uh, yeah. so, so what was, um, I was going to ask you, so what, what, what is your fondest memory uh, just in the entertainment, the industry singing? What is the best memory mm -hmm. or one of the top two memories that you can share with us that you think just, just, just melts your heart, if, if that even is. Okay. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. Um, we did Sesame Street. Okay. okay, that's a big one. That's a very big one. I'm going to tell you why. Because when I was a little girl, literally, I was two years old. My parents bought me the Sesame Street album to teach me my alphabet, um, all this different stuff that they taught uh, on the record. And so to sit, when we walked into the studio in New York, Count Dracula, Elmo, Big Bird, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Bert was on the table Ernie wasn't there but Bert was on the table and I was like oh my god oh my god and they were just laying on the table until the person puts their hands inside that puppet and it came to life and I was like 
Count Dracula. Just like that, it was like, what? Bert, do you understand? You've been in my life all my life? Like, you have no idea. But, um, um, Big Bird was huge, so the guy was six foot something, and I was like, oh, he had to put it all over his head. Oh my God. So that was one of the moments, and I literally cried. I was like, this is, this is how you guys do it. And I know that the people's hands were in the puppet. I knew that, but I still, wow. <laughs> I felt like they were real. Okay, that's, oh my God, that was one of the moments. Um, and what other moment can I say? When we met Diana Ross, oh, I was, the diva yeah, people. we were backstage at an award show and she was just sitting by herself. And we were like, that is the, oh, <laughs> Diana Ross, like she had no team around her, no press people, no manager, no boyfriend, no sister, no kids, nobody. Sitting by herself, I was like, you guys, we have to talk to her. So we all agreed and we went over and, um, there's another moment too I'm gonna tell you about, but that was one of and, and I just had I said I love your music. You have been, you know, you know that you're iconic. I don't have to tell you about that. And we all was like, oh my God, in this song, we love that and stop in the name of love and the Supremes. And I said, but I want to know when are you gonna act again? Because you are so dynamic. You're so dynamic and you're so naturally gifted. She played Billie Holiday in her scene for being a a oh heroine. Come on, right? Oscar worthy. Exactly, and she should have won. To me, she should have won because she was she had all the gag mechanisms and how they go into dry heaving, and she knew what it was to be a heroin addict coming out of it, you know, re, um, rehab. And she was cold turkey, so her hair was wild and crazy. She was not a pretty artist. She was not a pretty movie star. Right. You feel me? She had to be ugly in that scene and really look the part. She had all the white stuff in her mouth and. Come, I was just like, you are incredible. Please tell me, please tell me you're gonna act again. And she said, well, we're working on some projects. I don't know if she knew that I was really serious, but that was one of the moments. And then hearing our song on the radio for the first time, that was another one. Mm. Yeah, it was six in the morning, uh, about 6.10 or 6.15, and my mom came running in because my stepdad was already at work in San Francisco, and he called her B. Uh, Dawn's song is on the radio, hurry up. So she had to get me up to hear it. And we turned on the radio and we were jumping around at 6 a.m. I had to get up for school um, in about an hour, but I was up after that, I was done. I was like, not school, what am I talking, work. I had to go to work. Um, but that was another moment that was like, whoa, we are official. Like we're stars, you know, we're gonna be rich. Right, right, right. <laughs> we're gonna be rich. <laughs> But you're gonna have your name out there. And that to me is much more valuable than anything. You know, right now I could take my name and build it the right way. I just didn't have the right team until now, Carl. So yes, I have it now. And I'm so like, God knows timing too. I don't think I was ready before. I was angry before. I was so pissed at Cindy, Terry, and Maxine. I was mad at Sylvia Rohn. I was mad at Denny and Tommy. I can talk about them now without venom. Before it was like, I don't fuck them. And ah, I was so angry and now, I tell stories, but it's, you know, it's just the history of what's happened. It's not the anger behind it. Right. So I'm proud of that. And I can see the growth in myself because it was not this. When I first got kicked out of Invogue, and I say kicked out because they didn't give me. Um, options. Yeah, there was no options. You had a choice. It was a choice. Either do it our way or leave. Right. And I'm like, okay, it's been eight years. I can do battle by myself. Like I was none the wiser or, or, or 
I haven't been exactly rich within Vogue over the eight years. So if I leave, it'll be the same shit I've had for the past eight years. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to be out on my own. And so I did that. Um, so now though, I have a team, I have the calm spirit of myself as a person, as a woman who has grown through all of this adversity and come around full circle to say, okay, this is why that happened. I understand it now. I love Cindy. I love Maxine. I love Terry. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love uh, Denny and Tommy. I love Sylvia Roan. Without her, we would not have been in Vogue. I love um, Raphael. I love Ali. There's no, I don't care what project has come out since. I haven't heard anything like Lucy Pearl. No, no. <laughs> I can high five you on that right now. That's just real talk. Thank you. Exactly. So, um, but I love them. And I know now it's time for me to parlay onto my own thing because the timing is right. It wasn't right before. I was too angry. I was too bitter. I was too busy hating on them. Um, I was just filled up with anger. I mean, you lose your house. I don't think you'd be very happy. Losing a house is big. That's very big. Because you, work hard, you work hard to even get to that point to buy a house. Exactly. And with, with the thought of I'll be able to keep it based upon my business affairs. And, well, see, and then you're trying to make best, the best decisions for your business affairs to yes. pay for the house. Yes, exactly. Not only that, you asked me earlier, you know, um, what I've learned in the business. It's also the anger that I had about when you try to get work with, with the uh, major um, companies like Universal, you're trying to get an agent to right. back your shows. They're like, well, can you get with the other girls? Right. Can you go back to I can, it's because the name in Vogue has the brand. At that time, the name in Vogue was the brand. So and it was hard it was huge, and it was hard pressed for me to get anything by myself. Everybody wanted to see Cindy, Terry, Maxine, and Dorm. So that's why you asked me why I didn't come up with another album. It's like the labels really didn't want to sign me. It's much harder to sell me by myself than it is with them. Mm. Um, so, I, and I, I, I say that, but then I digress because I saw Jody Watley do it. I saw Howard Hewitt do it, coming out of Shalimar, both of them. I saw Bobby Brown do it. I saw Justin. Timberlake do it. I saw Beyonce do it. It's having the right timing and the right team around you at the time. It's the team and timing. Yeah, exactly. And the money, you got to have the money to do it. That marketing dollars, exactly. Videos cost a grip. Now it's a lot cheaper to do all of that. Right. Because uh, you have the internet. So, you know, you can go directly to your fans now. And it, But we didn't have that when I first left. It was none of that then. Who owns the In Vogue name and brand? Cindy and Terry own part, and then Denny and Tommy own part. So when I left the group, they came in. I was trying to use the name Dawn Robinson of En Vogue, and they saw that and put a cease and desist on me every single time. Oh, my God. So I, they had me sign off on using the name En Vogue, and I was like, fine. Again, I could do battle by myself. So Cindy and who owns it? Cindy and Terry, and then so Denny and Tommy. Cindy and Terry do the right thing. Give ownership no, to all no, of us. Oh, seriously, and I appreciate you for that. I do. But sometimes you just, it's its so hard because the way that I think is so different than most people, and it's its hard, It's law of attraction minded, and I know that God has bigger plans for me, so now that I know that I'm, I've healed the part that was so angry, and when you forgive, that's when stuff starts opening up for you, so I know God has bigger plans for me. 
I know where I'm going. I know what's happening. I can see it so clearly now. I didn't see it before because I was so blinded with anger, but now I'm so serious. It's, it's different. It's different. And I know the direction that I'm going in is where I'm supposed to be. So what you're really saying, what I'm hearing you really say is that was just a chapter in your life that's now done. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, um, after I did In Vogue, I did Lucy Pro. Right. I did So if I can do that, and both of those situations, by the way, fell apart when I left. Right. Okay, that, you know, Cindy and Terry, Cindy and Terry, I think, had Amanda, because Maxine had, was on maternity leave, and then Maxine came back, Cindy left, and they had Rona, and then Maxine left, and all those, pro they had seven albums since I've been gone, and none of them succeeded. Right. So, on, I'm, I, I know what I have to bring, and I know now that I'm forgiven, and I, I forgave myself as well, um, and I trust God, I trust the process, I trust where I'm at. I've had lots of managers that say they can manage and they want to manage. They had the right idea, but not the necessarily the contacts and the way to get Huh? As the contacts are the money. Or the money, or the money. I mean, sometimes you have a manager that actually has the money to fund your project themselves, you know, and I just didn't have it. So now, yeah, it's right. It's right. So what you, what, outside of the book, you're just going to do another album? I'm doing another album, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly man it's 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 time it's so time so when's the book coming out the book will come out hopefully first quarter january is what they told me the other day and i'm like oh, i got it because I, I haven't really finished it so i okay. gotta myself you know what happens when i go to my book every single time i go back into the file i start editing no, that didn't happen then, and this happened there, and you got to add that, and these people did this. Nope, that happened there. Terry said that, or Maxine said this, or I said that to them, and we did. So I have to go back because I'm, I'm right now, I'm just in chapter two. So that's, I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh. Carl, don't look like that, okay? <laughs> I know already, okay? Don't make me feel worse. No, it's not that. I'm just like I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how good this book is gonna be if you only on chapter two. <laughs> right now I'm writing about the part about us recording. And that is a doozy in itself because there was some it just wasn't like, oh you get in the studio and sing. There's some stuff that happened along the way. So Are you gonna do a movie on this book? You're talking about 30 years ago, so I gotta remember all that stuff. Would you ask me? Oh right, exactly. Yeah. No, I was, just, I was just asking, do you think it'd be good enough to make a movie off of? I'm sure. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank you for putting that out there. It's good energy. Yes. Because it's almost like Dream Girls, but for real. Ooh. It'll be like that. Yeah. Um, because Would that be an expensive movie to make, though, because of In Vogue and that whole? It, it won't matter. Right. Because it's your story. Exactly, it's my story, but it's also, the, it depends on the company that you get to cover it. So New Line Cinemas is not going to shake a stick at how much it's going to cost to get it done. True. Or Universal Pictures or Paramount Pictures isn't going to say, oh, that's too expensive. They got millions of dollars. Come on. They're going to be like, yes. And yeah, and when? Especially once the, uh, the book is done. You know what I mean? Because based on the book, that's what the album, the uh, movie is going to be based on the book. Right. They already have the script is right there. You feel me? It's there. It's a matter of getting the right people to tell the story. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the soundtrack. 
Oh my God, wicked, right? Wicked, so cool. I cannot wait for that part. And you I, gotta I talk, and you gotta put the Lucy Pearl stuff in there. Oh, Lucy, see, that's hard. That's a whole different story. You got two movies. Yeah, because I'm like. I'm trying to think if I even add Lucy Pearl to my book because that's a whole different book by itself. Is that much stuff? Oh, is that much stuff? It was a great oh, wow. We just talked about Lucy Pearl almost more than in Vogue. Yeah, so, exactly. Right. Oh, and I got to go back to my childhood with Raphael and all the stuff we did in San Francisco at that's 16 right. years old. You guys are childhood friends. That's right. Right. So there's a lot to talk about. And I, I, I want to get it all in there because I love that project beyond words. It still to this day hurts my heart. It's such a big part of me. I love In Vogue, like I said. I would not be all the other stuff I became had it Without not been. Right. But there's just something so just you you've heard it so many times since this conversation started about Lucy Pearl that I can't now that that reunion? That could happen. That could happen. I mean, again, I lost my house. So every time I look at Raphael, I want to stab him. Right, right. Now I'm like, come on, who wouldn't feel that, man? I, he has a lot of making up to do. And once he says, I'm sorry, and just come from the heart on that, I'm ready to go. Because I love I, him so I love I think him. the Lucy Pearl thing also would be bigger because fans that have that first record yes. would just be obsessed with yes! that you guys are coming back together. That would just be, that's way bigger than it involved to me. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. What? Because, well, why? Because no. wow. you have three icons. Yes. You have In Vogue icon, you have Tony, Tony, Tony icon, you have a tribe yeah. called Quest. <laughs> All okay. three of these are icons. And wait, can you imagine if we did it with um, Q tip in there too? Oh, and if you had Q? Q. You know what? I would shut down. I'm going to predict if you do this in 2022. Mm -hmm. Come out in 2022, it'll be the <laughs> biggest record in pop and hip hop and soul. Yes! I yes! said it first. Remember yes! this tape. I'm putting it in the atmosphere and the universe can hear it. And put pop on that too. Did you say pop? I said pop. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. I said pop first, I think. Pop, hip hop, and soul, RB, same thing. So those three together, yep. will be the biggest record. And of 2022, I'm going to say. Huge, huge record. Absolutely. I agree. Because I want to dance tonight. If you play, I, just, that was your first, first or second single off that record. Yeah. But that song, first single, if you hear that song even today, it sounds like y'all just did it. Wow, it hasn't dated. It hasn't aged. No, it hasn't. It hasn't aged. Cool. My gosh. Wow. I was watching the video like last week before I, before I even get this interview, before I even know I was going to do it. I was yes. listening to the record. Wow. So, yeah, I heard it from my parents, like I said, and it was like hearing it on wax and you got a little bit of scratching in it that happens naturally with a record. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Um, I, I just lose my mind when I hear that record, especially every day. You can hear me in the studio. Bobby and Glenn were so clever that they were recording us because Ali was playing the piano at the time over the track while they were mixing it or doing something in the studio. Um, so you can hear me yelling out, Ali is playing the piano. And, and then you hear Ali messing up as the song starts and then the song just kicks in and that is, oh my God, come on. That's the problem though. We don't have Bobby and Glenn. 
We have Raphael. You know, if you get Q-tip, you won't necessarily have to have it. Lucy Pearl, because Lucy Pearl was all these components put together. Rafi, Q-tip is bad. He's amazing. But he is no Bobby and Glenn. They were the record. Right. Yeah, that we had all those samples coming in with the meters and putting all that together for the record to be what it was. You can't take one thing away and say, right. You know what I mean? It's gonna, That's it'll true. be, it'll be a different. Like, it's kind of like, I had this discussion of day about Michael Jackson. I said, it's, nobody can argue that Off the Wall and Thriller made Michael's career from after Thriller. So right. like bad, um, I'd say Bad Thriller and Off the Wall, those three records really created the Michael Jackson. And as soon as Michael changed producers, you could tell. Yep. Yeah. It's you not could. that it was bad. Exactly. No, not at all. It wasn't bad, but it just, it wasn't that. Exactly. I, I think that Off the Wall, even though it was smaller than Thriller and Bad, that album is more credible to me because yeah. it was yeah, because it was Nancy yes. Jones, come on, that's such a better. They had real music. They had lives. Yeah. You got an orchestra playing. I mean, you know, Quincy Jones is a, is a conductor. Right. Come on, right? So you had real music. There were real backgrounds. I don't know. A lot of the stuff that he did on Thriller was, to me, a lot of crashing glass and breaking glass and noise. Right. But it was an incredible album. So Not heard a lot of people say that about Off the Wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Off the Wall was to me when he became a man because he had he had been gone from his brothers for a while, but this was his that was his first album that the world was like, whoa, okay, Michael, you did some incredible work here. Um, so yeah, if I had a team like that, I'm looking for that team. I keep putting it out there so that the right. fans hear it because I know I love giving producers that don't have a name or that no one knows yet a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, the bigger producers have the ego to go with it. And I don't come in the studio with an ego. I come in to work. Work, right. And, and to do a great project together. So when you're telling me that I can't sing a certain way, or I can't do this or that, and then you got this big ego, I have a problem with you. We right. can't work. Do it. I'm not your child. I'm a grown woman. So I like working with people that are eager, that just have great music and need a chance to be put on. And there's some incredible work out there. And overseas, I mean, come on, you got this... There's a project in the works somewhere for me, you know? So you producers, y'all hear this. Y'all yes! <laughs> reach out to on Instagram. How people can get in touch with you? Instagram, how else can they get in touch with you? Instagram, I'm on there. It's Dawn Robinson, I think. Dawn Robinson underscore. And then I'm on, um, oh no, I think it's Dawn Robinson Diva. Let me correct myself. It's Diva, right. It is Diva, huh? So Dawn Robinson Diva, and then Facebook is the same thing. I just changed it. My book publisher slash business partner had me change it because he's like, you got to be consistent with both. So I just changed it to that. Um, and Twitter is just Dawn Robinson, I think, by itself. So yeah, they can find me all three places, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So you producers, y'all got some hot stuff. You might want to send it over. That's real. And I don't want just R&B. That's the thing right. about Vogue. When we came out with Hold On, it was so different and so... so different. Right? Nobody had done that. Acapella into the beat? Like, who is this? That's insane. That, that, when that beat drops... <laughs> when that beat drops, yo! <laughs> when that beat drops, woo! <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. That, that song 
made that, and I'm telling you what made that vote. That opening without the music, the acapella, and then the beat pop. Exactly. That, yes. that little piece right there is what made it vote right there. <laughs> like, That's it. A, just that moment. Just that the moment, moment, dude. Exactly. That last note that Terry and I, or all of us hit, all four of us. Yeah. That's it. And that beat. Oh, 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 oh. my God. Yeah, yeah. No one's thinking that creative like that today. today. I know. That's what I need. I can't come average. No one's I thinking can't. like that. Yeah, that's that. That's just that's unique, original, and exactly. timeless. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. You're right. Glad you recognize. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Don. I I, I could keep you here three more hours, man. It's so much. <laughs> you, but thank you so much. You can have me back. You know, have me back after my album's done. I want to talk I to you. I would love to have you back. And maybe when COVID is over with, if we could maybe we can shoot our video or film even in Vegas or if you're in California ever. Yeah. We can also. What video do you mean? What video? No, I'm saying uh, do another episode. Interview and do the video like that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. in person. Great. Absolutely. Love that. Because I have so much, uh, I have so many more other questions, but this interview is so impactful and so good. That I have to, I'm going I'm to end it here so I don't piss you off and run you off and you don't want to. You're going to piss me off. No, no, no. Carl, no. the thing is, I am appreciative. If anyone wants to hear about my life, you, come on. That's like, I'm just talking. It's not right. taking any time off. I'm grateful that the fans are still there, that you care enough to talk to me. So I'm good. I'm good. And you yeah. look, let me just say before you go, you look amazing. <laughs> oh my God. Like you haven't aged like one day. Oh Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, you do your bathe in milk or something, woman? <laughs> no. No, but thank you. I keep telling people, if you say you're young, then you are young. Really, your body listens to whatever you tell it. I don't feel good today. My back is killing me. My arm, this, I'm old. Okay, well then, the universe hears everything. Your body listens. So, that, and that's, we yeah. think it's, it can't be that easy. It's that easy. So you, you really believe in the power of thinking and your words? Heck yeah. I mean, the, the, we have the most conversation with ourselves all day long. You're constantly talking to yourself, whether you're conscious of it or not. Our conversations daily happen all the time. So if you're saying, wow, I don't look that great. or oh, my eyes are looking old. Oh, I don't feel, I'm getting old, girl. I'm getting old, dude. That's what your body hears constantly. And I, my dad looked young too, so I know for sure. Um, I'm like, I want to look as young as my dad. I used to tell him, are you my son? Cause I feel like your mom. I'm looking older than you now, Dad. <laughs> he looks so young, but it's genetics also. But it's also what he told himself. He would ride his bike 42 miles every week. That's good. Wow. He would mosey along. He was riding 22 miles an hour. My father was no joke. So wow. at six years old, yeah, he was riding his bike like that, 22 miles an hour. That's no. And he. He would go from Long Beach, literally into Compton, sometimes into um, other parts of Hollywood. He would, you're talking about 42 miles. That's how you stay young. Fast, exactly. So my dad was young and he kept himself that way by, you know, getting out there, exercise. You got to take care of yourself. It's not just going to happen. But it's conversations too with ourselves. Say it again. Do you have a, a kid? No, I don't have kids. Uh -uh. You're no, married no. though, right? Yeah, I'm not married. <laughs> you're not married? I thought you was married. I was married. I was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, I'm going to say, I was, I was getting ready to say, maybe it's your in love glow, 
But now I'm thinking maybe it's your single glow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's my single glow. <laughs> I like that, Carl. It's my single glow. It's your single glow. Real talk. That's real talk. Well, thank yeah. you, Don, so much. You're such a sweet person. I love your heart. I love your spirit. I love, I love, uh, your I love how much you um, just so honest and raw and so just incredibly gifted with your words and just your, wow. your business savviness. Um, I'm, I'm probably more impressed with your business, your business, business savviness yeah. uh, more than anything else because you're tough. That means you're tough. You're a tough person. I had to become that. I had to become that. It's like the world will chew you up and spit you out. You have to, we all have a purpose when we're born. We know that there's something that we want to do. You know, it's not, I don't think everybody's meant to just be a worker bee. You go to work every day for someone else to become richer because it's their business to begin with and you're working for them. Right. desire to be something greater. And we're all capable of that. We just don't put it to work. We don't put it to use. Yeah. So, I appreciate you saying that, um, but I had to become tough because of this business. You will, this industry will chew you up, like I said, and they don't care about the vocals and they don't care about all, you know, we love Cindy, Terry and Dawn and, and the, the beauty of what we did together. They care about the money, the bottom line. You have to be tough. You have to protect yourself. So now I have, like I said, the team that matters, the attorneys, all of that stuff. I have that now. You gotta have an incredible attorney that will chew up everybody out there. Right. I didn't have that before, so now it's like, heck yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Armed. I'm armed. <laughs> I'm ready for battle, because that's what it is in this industry, man. So thank you. I appreciate you recognizing certain things in me, you know? Really, really kind of you. I just want to say, um, just off the record, that I just want you to know that your best days are ahead of you. Wow, thank you I so much. I see it all over you. Wow. Thank you for joining us on the Carl Jackson Podcast Special Edition. And until next time, you be blessed.